Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. You're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. On today's Midweek Mashup episode, we're going to be talking all about travel, and we've got three incredible guests here on the show to discuss just that. First up is going to be Rick Sayers. He is the host of the Outdoor Biz podcast, and he talks a little bit about his journey to Antarctica. Next up is Zach Benson, who talks about how he's gotten into some incredible resorts all around the world for absolutely free with his travel hacks and his social media platform. And last but not least is, of course, our very own Travis Chappell, who's going to talk about the importance of travel and how pushing outside your comfort zone can have a really big impact on your life, your business, and just your overall mindset. You're not going to want to miss one second of today's very quick midweek mashup episode. Remember, if you take value from any part of the show, be sure to take a screenshot and tag Travis in your Instagram stories with the handle at Travis Chapel. All right, guys, let's get into the episode. Interesting things uh, from the first time that I actually hung out with Rick was I don't know if you remember this, but we were talking about um, places that we had been and different things, and we share the travel bug, right? right. And uh, and so we were talking about uh, how how you said you'd been to six of the seven continents, and I was yep. like, oh yeah, me too. 
you know, just haven't been to Antarctica yet or whatever. And I just kind of automatically assumed that that was the one that you hadn't been to. And then right. you were like, oh, no, no, I've been to Antarctica. Yeah. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Which one have you not been to then? You know, and it turns out it was Australia. Australia. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, How so, many people have been to Antarctica? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. How, well, let's just kick it off talking about that. How did that... Uh, how did that trip go? Tell me like, like uh, how did you, how do you even find yeah. a way an excursion to get out there? And like, how, is it like really dangerous? Like what, what, what does that entail? You know, it was it not dangerous at all. It was more like a cruise almost. And okay. the way I found it was I was working with Eagle Creek travel gear at the time, adventure travel gear. And we were advertising in the Sobek catalog, mountain travel Sobek. Okay. We spent a lot of money with those guys. They do adventure trips all over the world and the advertising sales guy became a pretty good buddy of mine, and he would call up all the time. I mean, all the time, Travis, with, hey, we got a Galapagos thing going in two weeks. We got one spot left on the boat that we need to fill. You get the good guy price, but the timing just never fit, right? Galapagos, Antarctica, all these great trips. And he called us one time with this deal in Antarctica. They had two slots left, and I looked at my calendar. It was right over the holidays, and I thought, this works. Yeah. So I went to the, you know, the rest of the team and said, Hey, I got an opportunity to go. I'm going to go. And they said, Oh yeah, go. So it was over Christmas, New Year's and it was phenomenal. I mean, the thing we went to South Georgia Island and then Antarctica, the island proper, you really S- South Georgia Island, South Where Georgia Island. If you South so, George, Georgia, Georgia. Yeah. So to go to Antarctica, you got to go all the way down to the Southern tip of Argentina. Okay. And you can take a boat and you can either go due south to get to Antarctica, or you can do what we did was we went east to the South Georgia Island. Okay. And the reason you go there is uh, um, the book Endurance is about the life of Ernest Shackleton. I don't know if you heard about his story. but I he no. 1800s or something. I forget the years. But he was on an expedition down there and got stuck in the ice and ended up wintering over a couple times and eating seal blubber and stuff. And the amazing thing about that story was he didn't lose a single person. They all lived. So it's an incredible story of endurance, but it's also an incredible story of leadership and followership. Because imagine, you've never been there before. This is your leader, and he's telling you to do this stuff, right? Amazing story. Great book if anybody's looking for a good book. So you go there because that's where his grave is. Okay. And it's an old whaling station. So we went there, and it's a two-day excursion to get there. Mm -hmm. But the thing that... I didn't anticipate it was the wildlife. It mm. was just unbelievable. I mean, penguins and seals and bird life. It was just phenomenal. Wow. So, yeah. Great time. So from there, you take another boat down. Same boat. From there, you're on the same boat the whole time. And it's like a cruise ship because you spend a lot of time on the ship. Yeah. And um, you went two days to get there. And then I, was, I forget how many days to go actually down to Antarctica itself. You really only get to the peninsula. And you go, but we went, we went by the island. One of the stories of this endurance trip is these guys, he told the group to hold up on this island, Elephant Island. Look, wait here. I'm going to take one of our little, had one little rowboat or something left, and I'm going to go back to South Georgia, get another ship, and come and get you guys. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Yeah, you know, right. so they're holding up in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah. And he has this epic adventure just to get back to South Georgia and over this icy mountains, down, get a boat, and go get them. Wow. So he's buried there, and it was just, you know, to, to relive that experience that to places all he went to was incredible. What, what was the, um, like, what were the, the, the water, the water situation? What was like really big chops and, um, swells? Yeah. Or? So going down there, we had a pretty mellow time other than the night you get on the boat to leave. It's usually at midnight, late at night, and you go down this channel. And in order to go down this channel, uh, you have to have a, a guy on the boat guide the captain down the channel. 
So he's on our boat, on our ship, guiding the captain down the channel. And then we, once we get into open water, because it's real narrow, this other boat pulls up alongside, and this guy jumps off of our ship onto that boat to go back. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. We got to stay what? up for this, right? We got to stay up and see this leap of faith. But in order to stay up, we had to hang out in the bar. So we hung out in the bar, and the, the trip was that it was a Russian research vessel that we were on. So we're hanging out with these Russians, just drinking way too much. <laughs> Then we get into open water the next day, and we're all hammered and seasick because of the booze, yeah. you know. And it was a little bit rough, but wasn't bad. So going down was fine, but coming back, we got in across. They call it the Roaring Thirties or Roaring Forties, I think. Right, this latitude line that you cross, and the seas were crazy. I mean, water breaking over the bow of the ship, big waves. The ship would just shudder down this wave and crawl at the other side, and then boom, their front end would sink down and. Wow. And you can imagine this Russian captain standing at the bridge with his hands on the wheel, just stern looking, staring straight ahead. <laughs> We're going to be fine. Yeah. You know, it was amazing. That was fun. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, the wildlife awesome. was unbelievable. Besides that, what are a couple of the other, your favorite trips that you've done? Activities uh, that you've done? Yeah. Um, the, another one of favorite of mine was I took a group to the Tachinshini River in Alaska, mm-hmm. which is, it starts in Canada, flows through Canada and ends up in Alaska. Mm-hmm by Mount Fairweather. And it was about a five to seven day river trip. Not really any wild white water, but a wild place. Grizzly bears, some navigational issues, you know, in the middle of nowhere. In Alaska, when you get to Alaska, the space is just huge. And took a bunch of friends there. There's a bunch of international folks. We had a couple guys from Japan, guy from Germany came over, a woman from Austria. So it was a nice, fun collection of people to spend a great week on the river. We had great weather. Um, yeah, that was, that was a fabulous, saw grizzly bears and I don't think we saw wolves on that trip, but yeah, it was phenomenal. Then we went on another river trip to the Arctic where we saw grizzly bear and caribou and wolves and that's amazing. Yeah. Fun rafting. So let's get back to the beginning of all of this, um, and build a little bit of context here. What made you choose this as a career path? Like what, you know, in, in high school, yeah, you know, that's why I love having these conversations with people, man. And you know this because you listen to the show. There's so many people that you talk to that do so many different types of things right. and so many different industries and so many different types of careers and jobs and you know you, things that you don't even ever think about, yeah. right? Like because they're yeah. not really, you know, your your career counselor in high school probably didn't sit down and talk to you about exactly. working for an outdoor company and like going on these excursions and crazy experiences and events and things like that. Right. So how did you come across that industry? Well, um, I was very active in the outdoors my entire life. You know, my grandfather was, you know, he fished and he was a hunter and we, we went outside a lot camping. My family was a camping family. We had okay. an Airstream trailer, 59 Airstream trailer that we drug to Yellowstone one time. You know, okay. so it was outdoors a lot. But I originally drug went to, to Yellowstone from, from beautiful Fontana. Fontana, California. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Tamarind Avenue in Fontana, California. That's hilarious. <laughs> that was, my dad was a steel worker, so he'd get these big vacations every once in a while. Okay. So that was super fun. But um, I originally, in high school, I had done a lot of drafting and won some awards for my drafting and was going to go to school for architecture okay. at Cal Poly Pomona and applied to the program, but it was impacted. You know, it was full for the moment, couldn't get in. So I had to go to, uh, went to college to Pomona doing my undergrad work and stuff and just hated it. Yeah. And the other challenge was I didn't really know how to study. I made it through high school without opening a book mm. and got B's and A's. And so I didn't know how to study. Long story short, I almost flunked out. The college said, look, you, you need to get your grades up or you're going to flunk out and strongly suggested I go to a junior college for a while. 
So I went to uh, Chafee Junior College, the Southern California people know where that is, and stumbled on a wildlife law enforcement class and an environmental biology class. And in environmental biology class, the instructor had these images of Glen Canyon, which is now under Lake Powell. But it was, some people say it's arguably more beautiful than the Grand Canyon. Wow. And he was showing these images and slides and just talking about it. We did these outdoor hikes and, and up these canyons to look at the flora and the fauna and study the flowers and leaves. And I thought, this is pretty cool stuff. This is right up my alley, you yeah. know. And as I was going back, getting ready to go back to, to university, I'm thumbing through the catalog, and I saw a degree in outdoor recreation. And I thought, hmm. bingo, that's it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, right. And I'll never forget the day I told my dad that I was going to get a degree in outdoor recreation. That was the second time I thought he was going to kick me out of the house. <laughs> but <laughs> he didn't. What was the first time? <laughs> well, the first time, like I said, he was a steel worker. My grandfather was a steel worker. And in high school, they were, you know, all about getting me a job at the steel mill. Yeah. And we went out there and took a tour one day. And it was hot, sweaty, windy day. And we came back, and we're having dinner that night at the dinner table. And they yeah. said, okay, what do you think? And I was like... There's enough money in the world to get me to work out there. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not a job that you take people to tour <laughs> yeah, to convince it, them. Like, that's, yeah. you know, that's not taking them to Google headquarters. <laughs> right, like, right. that's the job you don't tour. Right. You just talk don't about the, let them know. the money and the benefits exactly. and the, like, exactly. security. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, no way. So the second and, time your dad gets mad is when you're like, hey, I want to do outdoor recreation. I'm going to get a degree in yeah. outdoor recreation. He's like, yeah. what? What about yeah. the architecture? You know, what yeah. are you going to do with that? You right. know, and so, and it, it's, it's. Done, done me well over the years. I want to talk with you a little bit about travel and use this like last few minutes here as a way to help people travel for free more. And uh, those people who maybe are listening to this that never travel to travel a little bit. And then the people out there that are travel a little bit right now, maybe travel a little bit more. And I want to talk with you about like how you can leverage some of the tools that you've been able to leverage in order to get, you know, the types of stays and luxury resorts that you've been able to experience? Yeah. So in the past three years, I've gotten over 700 free nights for myself and all of my friends. So it's a cool thing to to use for your business partners and people that you want to connect with when you have all these hotels that are just like, okay, I want to host you, you know? And right. so, I mean, really how I did it and how I did it without any followers was I I'd reach out to the other big Instagram accounts um, in the travel space and accounts that we're always posting about like luxurious hotels and I e- emailed them and I DM them and I said I asked like how much do you charge for like a post you know how much do you charge for uh, a shout out on your timeline and yeah. you know I get gather all these different prizes all these accounts ranging from a hundred thousand followers to a few million and I made a list and a spreadsheet and then I started creating relationships with them. But then I, I, I realized I was like, okay, well, I don't even need to own all of these accounts. I could just rent their accounts. You know, I could just mm. simply pay them a hundred bucks for a 24 hour shout out on their wall, promoting a hotel that I want to stay at for free. Nice. And then, you know, I did that. I did that. So I was, I could approach a hotel and say, Hey, I, I, I'd love to collaborate. I'd love to showcase your hotel to our followers these are my friends' pages. Yeah, we'd be willing to do shoutouts in exchange for a free free nights. And then how how do you go about finding the con- the right contact at the hotels or the resorts? Well, well, I actually I keep it simple. I what I do is I have my my virtual assistant basically gather all of the emails and the places that I'm wanting to travel to. So, like let's say the like Fiji or Bora Bora, the Maldives. 
I say find all of five star hotels in these places and I have her find the info at whateverhotel.com because see the trick is is that these hotels are five stars they're trained for, and to offer the best customer service so when I send out a email it's like directed at the director of sales and marketing so yeah. the staff is trained to get that email in the right person's hands so what happens is I send the email dear director you know sales and marketing like I'd love like to work collaborate it goes into their inbox normally and then if not I a few days later I call and I ask ask to speak to the director of marketing and sales or the COO and I say hey did you get my email that I sent last week and if they say no well and then I and then I go into my pitch I say hey you know I'm Zach I'm Instagram influencer with 6 million travel network um we'd love to promote your hotel we're going to actually be coming your way and then nice. I ask for his email for her email on on the phone and I send it right then and there and I wait till they get it on the phone and then I and then I close the deal on the phone got it got it yeah that's awesome man and and when Zach says five star, he's definitely talking about five star. <laughs> Some of the resorts that that you've been able to stay at bro, are just absolutely unreal. And uh, the fact that we live in an age where you can you can wheel and deal with the director of sales and marketing for a luxury multi million, sometimes multi billion dollar five star resort, and say, hey, I have Instagram followers, let me stay there for free. Like just that is amazing. <laughs> we have the yeah. ability to do that. But even more amazing how many people never, ever, ever even try to take advantage of it. Number one, the reason why I think that you should travel more is it gets you outside of your comfort zone. Look, the best things in life happen outside of your comfort zone. So do more things on purpose that get you out of your comfort zone. The whole goal is to be able to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and travel for sure puts you in that boat. There's so many times where I've been out in a, a totally foreign country where I don't speak the language. I don't have cell phone service and you just got to figure it out. And obviously there's a level of practicality to this. I don't mean to go put yourself in dangerous situations. Okay. There's a couple of caveats there. Sometimes I'll just be traveling with somebody that does speak the language and, and we can figure things out. Or I can at least communicate a little bit in the language to be able to get to figure out where I'm going and that kind of stuff. But putting yourself in those situations where you feel really uncomfortable a lot of times is super, super beneficial. And some of the best traveling stories that I have come from those situations where we're just unsure what's happening. We're just out exploring and something just happens. One time when we were in Costa Rica, I was traveling with a few buddies down there and we were, we did this big hike up near a city called Yako and we were looking for this giant waterfall that we were supposed to jump off of. It's supposed to be like this 75 foot waterfall and we we're going to go jump off of it. And we'd take this Jeep that we had rented. I think it was a Jeep. It was some sort of SUV like that. If it wasn't a Jeep, it was something very similar to that. But it was the ballsless, the most ballsless Jeep you've ever seen in your life. So it, it definitely did not, it was not meant to tow or carry large loads or have a lot. It just didn't have a lot of torque, didn't have a lot of power at all. So we were driving this Jeep over to find this waterfall to jump off of. 
We end up going down this crazy, weird path that this guy pointed us in the direction of. And we go down these big, steep hills and we go to look for the waterfall. And we find the waterfall. It was literally like this 10-foot waterfall that was trickling. It was definitely not, it was not even big enough to swim in, let alone jump off of. And we were super disappointed that we just spent like two hours of our day driving into the jungle to find this a little dinky waterfall. So we turn around and we head back up the hill and we got to this one part that was just super steep and we could not get up that portion of the hill. So literally we're stuck in the Costa Rican jungle hoping that somebody comes by and these expats come by on these quads that they had because they would go down to the waterfall every once in a while. They lived close to there. And thankfully, they went back up, found some of the people who pointed us in the direction of going down there who had a more powerful Jeep than we did. And they hooked us up and towed us out of there. But it took a couple of hours and we we're just kind of sitting there wondering, like, what do we do here? Like, what happens? Worst case scenario. Like, I'm not spending the night in the jungle. Like, we're just going to have to hike all the way back up and figure it out from there and, and pay for this Jeep because it's going to be stuck down there. Like we, we just had no idea what was going to happen. But those are some great, great memories. And it definitely forced you to get outside of your comfort zone. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to TravisChapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.